to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, spiritual oasis for men. Podcast, podcast number 203, hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, and bang! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around by Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. Still in that COVID quarantine, but we're aiming to be back in the Man Up studio by the end of the month. And from what I've seen, one of the biggest challenges is going to be carting in all the new gear that the professor got us. So we're really looking forward to that. (laughs) We're on this uh, No Church Answers Tour, and we're glad you're here. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and each of us our own spiritual journey. We feel that all men are leaders, leaders of your families, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community. But sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed spiritually recharged and that's why we're here so whether you found us on facebook soundcloud where we archive all of our podcasts apple Podcasts, our website which is that man dash up spiritualoasis.com or pray.com we're glad that you're joining us what we do here is we take a abf adult bible fellowship uh or sunday school lesson and we talk about it and give it a man uh, update. We unpack it, put a man spin on it, try to update it. And we're glad you're joining us for that. We use a lot of different publications. We're currently in the Connect 360, which is from Baptist Way Press. Uh, the remarkable journey begins and it's basically a study of Mark. And, and with that, I'm gonna go ahead and introduce the panel at this time. Uh, world-class policy writer, professional gambler. He's also the uh, producer of the show, Mr. Steve Titch. Yo, Steve. Steve. Attorney and prosecutor, Michael Cropper. We call him the judge. Hey, Mike. Yo, Mike. No, oh, Bill, Steve. And, and the rest of you that didn't say anything. Right, right. <laughs> Corporate trainer and theologian, we call him the professor, Robert Koshu. Hey, Robert. Hello, everybody. Hello, Robert. And I'm the science, you know, type, you know. And, and, well, you're the insurance broker and deacon, Kyle Trainer. very quiet. Yeah. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Kyle. My name is Bill Cox, and I'm basically just a uh, sales guy, but uh, I'm kind of the, uh, the director. And with that, we're going to go ahead and jump right into this uh, this study, and I want to get um, a brief overview from the panel and uh, start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Interesting lesson. There's a bit to unpack, but I, I like the f- idea. We're going to talk about uh, time management, uh, something that's always difficult for many men, most men to do, myself. Uh, and the great thing about time, it's, it's almost, the word itself is almost interchangeable with money. You can talk about time management, time budgeting. Uh, you can spend time, you can waste time, you can invest time. Do you value your time? Uh, and of course, there's always someone to tell you how you, they think 
you should be spending your time, uh, usually in, you know, with, their, with their own sense of judgment there. Uh, but the other thing that's different about time than money is that everybody gets 24 hours a day, uh, no matter who you are. It's the one thing that equalizes us. Mozart had 24 hours a day. Elon Musk out there has 24 hours a day. And Jesus had 24 hours a day. And this, uh, this section we're going to read actually covers about 24 hours in, uh, in the life of Jesus. Uh, and we can learn a little bit about uh, spending time and managing time from the example he sets. Wow, that is interesting. I didn't even think about that, uh, that angle, Steve. Uh, <laughs> Professor Koshu. Yeah, so I, I looked at it from, I love time management, so you know, we'll talk about that for sure. But I looked at it from the perspective of a snapshot of a day in the life. What did one day, because all the other times we hear about Jesus, we get like a snippet of his day. We get, you know, he preached the Sermon on the Mount, or he was in the boat, or he did, you know, until we get to the Passion, that's kind of a different story. But this is the only time we get like a complete day of Jesus you know, all together. So what was his day? What did his days look like? Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill. Um, many of us have had days when we, which were, were never ending. I can remember moving my youngest daughter on a Sunday night because she had to be out of her apartment <laughs> by Monday morning. And, uh, she, yeah, that's, uh, the judge <laughs> couldn't stop it, and yeah. the judge couldn't stop it. No writ. No well, she writ. waited too late. <laughs> she called me on Sunday afternoon and asked if I could come help her. You know, we'd just come home from church that day, and and uh, and we worked till six a.m. the next morning on Monday morning, moving her out. And I can remember thinking, you know, of course we come home from church on Sunday afternoon, and and we like to obey. This is one of the times we like to obey the Lord's commandments when we're really tired, and that's rest on the Sabbath. But boy, I got anything but that, as you guys might know. And uh, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, Robert and Kyle worked at the church. As you all have heard, Bill talked about it and the guys have talked about it. They went up there on Saturday morning at about 10 o'clock and stayed till Sunday evening straight through the next night. Uh, they worked straight through. Uh, there are times, and on, on Sunday night afternoon, I can tell you I was there, they, they were exhausted, but you know what? they could still smile. And that that's right. really, really great. I, I was amazed. But anyway, today's lesson is, uh, is, is on day in life of Jesus, like, like, like Robert said. And, and yes, there is time management. And, and today we will look, when Bill reads the scriptures, we'll see that he, he puts in uh, probably, what, 15 or 16 hours worth of work in, in a 24-hour mm -hmm. day. And then he still finds time to, to uh, pray to the Heavenly Father. Anyway, uh, looking forward to it. There's some great issues in this to talk about. Bill? Excellent. Uh, Kyle Trahan. Mike, you, you, you touched on that barbecue. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the mission mindset. You know, it, it's fellowship and all of that. And that's, that is a, a massive labor of love. And at the end of that thing, I don't know about Robert, but I could barely walk. I know I handed Robert a piece of wood and he goes, what do you want me to do with that? And I said, well, throw it in the back of your truck. He says, yeah, but I got to unload it. You know, we were just exhausted. I mean, it's a piece of wood and you're just, oh my God, really? I got to touch it again. I can imagine <laughs> yeah. that. At yeah. the end, but at the end of the day, you know, that Jesus had there, you know, he hit the ground running. 
but that that it just it's got to take a lot out, out of you especially you know being new to his own ministry and everything else uh had to be interesting so anyway i'll see how the rest of this one goes <clears throat> yeah excellent i you, uh i'm gonna go ahead and read the scripture but before i do yeah i thought that was interesting that uh that in this particular uh scripture it, it was a day in the life um and gives kind of a uh a glimpse of maybe how we as leaders should live ours too and the different components but we'll go ahead and looking forward to unpacking that and uh, with that i'm going to go ahead and read the scripture mark 1 21 through 35 they went to capernaum when the sabbath came jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority not as the teachers of the law just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out what do you want with us jesus of nazareth have you come to destroy us i know who you are the holy one of god be quiet jesus sternly come out of him the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek the people were all so amazed that they asked each other what is this a new teaching and with authority he even give orders to impure spirits and they obey him news about him spread quickly over the whole region of galilee as soon as they left the synagogue they went with james and john to the home of simon and andrew simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately told jesus about her so he went to her took her hand and helped her up the fever left her and she began to wait on them that evening after sunset the people brought to jesus the sick and the whole town gathered at the door and jesus healed many who had various diseases also because they knew who he was very in the early in the morning while it was still dark jesus got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed and that's the scripture mark 1 21 through 35 and before i uh continue on with the rest of the panel i just kind of want to focus on one thing and i think as older men we all understand um i enjoy uh getting up and at it working early in the morning and it just seems like an hour in the morning early where there's no distractions i can get more done than two hours in an afternoon because you're allowed to focus you're allowed to center yourself and really get ready for the day and i thought that that just is so interesting and it kind of validates uh that last that last verse that Jesus got up early, went off by himself and have, have a little bit of that, that me time, if, if nothing else, to get yourself centered, to get ready for the day. And, and I just, I just thought that was awesome. And it just kind of validates what I think probably for many men um, uh, feel about, you know, the morning hours. And Bill, Bill real quick to comment about that. Yeah. yeah um, I think many of us who have worked, Robert, I would think, knows this and maybe Kyle, 
Uh, I would go to, if I go to work on Saturday or Sunday, of course, my week is, was Monday through Friday. But if I work, went to work on Saturday, I'd get two to three times as much work done because nobody was at work. So, yes, solitary time is not just a great time spiritually. It's also great time in our lives to get things accomplished. And, and when no one's around to distract us, we can get so much more done. I just I wanted to add that. And realistically, it's a very, very uh, applicable piece of information. I've been going early in the morning for years. And I used to joke that I got more done from six to eight when I was at AIG than I got done the rest of the day. Because you're right, I could sit and focus and get going and I'm back to it. And, and, I'm so much of a morning person that when I, when I went from AIG to TDCU at the credit union for a while, different rules, different things, I could not get into the building until 7.30 a.m. And I had routinely been a 6 a.m. or before 6 guy. That totally messed me up. I mean, like I'm talking royally messed me up because I had gotten so adjusted and the thing about it is, it's the it's the noise, uh, it's the distraction yeah, it of life that the quiet yeah. time. Not only is it it literally quiet, but the noise surrounding decisions that need to be made, it seems like, is down to a minimum. Minimum. So me, if I'm making a decision on something, I that is uh, has been on my mind for a number of days or something like that. I like to make that decision in a vacuum and the closest vacuum that I can find is early in the morning when there's no noise around me that I can just focus on the problem at hand. Um, and, and, and also when I write, uh, I write either really late at night um, or early in the morning where those distractions are at a minimum so I can, uh, so I can be real um, and keep those distractions out. Uh, Steve Titch. I'm, uh, just to preface that or, 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 or talk about it, I'm definitely sharpest in the morning. Uh, I guess I do my best writing in the morning. Uh, and that's, that's when I can be the most focused. The afternoon, I reserve for tasks that don't require much thought. In fact, I basically shouldn't be making tough decisions after three o'clock or between three and five because I'm eating it hungry and I'm eating to get more impatient. Uh, so, so yeah, it's it's interesting the the way your day goes. Uh, and but and we see a little of that in in Jesus. I. I, I I don't know if he was a morning person or an afternoon person. He was God. I guess he could be sharp any time of the day. But we get, we get an example though of how he breaks up his time. Uh, we get and he spends time. We could say at the synagogue, and and that's we could say his his vocation. I mean, he is there to teach and preach. And yes, ultimately the ministry is salvation. But for now, his, he's bringing this message and he's bringing people to the Lord through him. We have an exorcism. It's a dramatic, it's a dramatic day. And, and we can talk a little about that if you guys want to. Um, yeah. And then we learn that he spends a few hours with friends, enjoying hospitality, his close circle. Uh, or, you know, in, you, you can interpret, interpolate that to say, just like we spend time with family, but he's a good guest. He helps out. He he does cure uh, the Peter's mother-in-law. 
Now, now, being guys, we can talk about the fact that he cured her and then she why, got up. Why so, would he wait, cure wait, I, I, I had a professor that said that that was one of the first examples of Jesus's humor. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So, and, and then uh, certainly the time of day that I'm my crankiest, the, the, right after sundown, the whole town shows up. So we see a little flexibility there. Uh, he spends time again with the community. Maybe that was unexpected. It was busy. We don't know if Mark was exaggerating. The whole town was outside the door. They heard about him. They heard about the exorcism. They heard about he's been going around to, 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 to synagogues all over Capernaum with this message. So they came and, and brought, their, brought their sick to be healed. But then, as you pointed out, uh, there, there's an imp, it's implied that he rested or went to sleep because the last verse begins, he got up. So he did sleep, he did rest, and he did recharge. He took his me time, in, in your words, Bill. Uh, he took time for prayer, solitude to regroup, just like we should. So we see him spend, spend balance his time between his vocation, between friends and family, allowing for flexibility for unexpected surprises, and for time for himself. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> All right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, take our first break. This is Man Up, podcast number 203. And going to turn it over to Mr. Announcer Man. Man Up's podcast, No, Transfer, no Church Answers Tour, is going live. That's right. The gambler, the professor, the judge, the deacon. And me, Bill Cox, the director, will record a podcast with a live audience Saturday, June 19th at 10 a.m. at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So, for our listeners in the Houston area, this is an awesome way to begin your Father's Day weekend. Come on down, meet the fellas, and be part of the sh show. Admission is free, but capacity is controlled. So, be sure to get here early. We've got a special Bible study planned, and we may even look for some audience participation. And yes, the show will post a few weeks later on our regular feed. So that's the Man Up Spiritual Oasis live podcast recording, 10 a.m. Saturday, June 19th at Sugarland Baptist Church, which is Highway 59 at First Colony Boulevard, Sugarland, Texas. And we hope to see you there. And now back to our <laughs> podcast. Well, thanks, Mr. Announcer Guy. <laughs> and welcome back. Mystery Man. Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast number 203. You know, we spare no expense when it comes to our promotions. <laughs> uh, now we're back. We're talking about, uh, um, Mark, um, the a day in the life of Jesus. And, you know, um, time is, is a huge deal for for most men, always has been for me, being a salesman, just can't afford uh, to waste it. And you think of the types of time, and as I was going through this, um, you have the past, the present, and the future. Those are the types of time that we have. But what we do with time is we spend, uh, we invest, and we waste time. Um, and so you have to think about uh, what Jesus was doing. You know, some people, when they're 
looking at you and they're saying they're seeing you sitting down and resting you're wasting time no not necessarily i'm investing time by recharging getting ready to spend it in a better way so we 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 go through these different uh, thoughts about our own time when really uh, we we need to be looking at it that you know we validate our past uh, we face our present and we plan for the future and we need to keep those uh, those things about time in proper perspective that we don't live too much in the past uh, live too much in the present or live too much in the future but that we that we spend time in each of those. So, I mean, that, that's kind of what I was thinking as I was going through this lesson and going to go back and uh, get some more comments from the fellows and uh, start with Kyle. So, you know, when, when I was reading this, you know, of course with Jesus and, and through all of his ministry, you know, he, he did a lot of healing um, and expelling of demons and stuff like that. And, the power to heal has always been one of those gifts of the spirit that I've, I've always thought was uh, one of the coolest, I guess. Uh, Cause to be able to walk up and say, be healed or do whatever you would say. In some of his cases, he didn't say a thing. He was just even touched uh, or even his clothing, you know, just his robe. So uh, that kind of power has always been one of, I think, the most intriguing things for me and then added to it to be able to expel demons um it is just uh, kind of interesting though the part that when i read it again as we were just talking you know the demon coming to jesus there in the synagogue says have you come to destroy us you know it it got me to thinking is it's kind of like current situation it was like a baiting scenarios they were, they were trying to invoke something extra with that one little statement um i think that's also what jesus realizes oh that's not a good thing let's not let him talk anymore um you know and he didn't let him speak from from there on out he just you know get rid of him um but uh, have you come to destroy us what what was he digging at as far as the the moment in their time you know i thought i when i read that too i thought what is this a community of demons i mean that uh i i, I thought the same thing uh michael cropper yeah speaking on the demons um uh, luke 8 2 there's a few other people the the new testament refers to mary magdalene had seven evil spirits and they were cast out of her jesus did that's luke 8 2 mark 5 5 the man with legion this is now this is very fascinating because I, I did want to talk about this because in uh, the man when when Jesus and the disciples pass over the lake, uh, uh, the Sea of Genesaret or Sea of Tiberias or Sea of Galilee, whatever you call it, they met a man with had a which had a number of demon spirits in him. And his name we turn out is as is, is Legion because he had many, many demons in him. And the Mark 5, 5 says, the man with those spirits came and worshiped Jesus. The demons can worship him. 
And, and it's very interesting. Kyle went back to the scripture we said here, and the man cried out, what do you want with this Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Uh, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And I, I think I mentioned this very briefly last week. And of course, there's other, there's other times when the, uh, the spirits are cast out. Matthew 12, 43 through 45 says, an unclean spirit will go out and leave a man, but he can return with seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And, and then Jesus refers, though, however, in order for the demons to come back in you and accomplish that, he says, this wicked generation will experience this. In other words, this group of people who are not serving God, who do not worship God. And, I, and I'm inferring that. You can read that, folks. You can read the scripture there and infer what I'm, I'm, I'm saying. But apparently the person was not was not worshiping God the Father, and he and, and you can leave yourself open to demon spirits when you do that. But the, I guess the point I want to get at is, is uh, I find it so interesting that the demons not only know who Jesus is, but they worship him, and he stops them cold. Now, why would he stop the demons well, were, were from they, worshiping Were they him? worshiping or just inhabiting a man who had come to the synagogue? Mark 5 5 says they came and worshiped him. Oh, wait a minute. Let me. Oh, okay. All right. We have a slide. Yeah, no, no, no. It's okay. No, it's a great question, Steve. We need to explore okay. this. And, 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 uh, I mean, and, but it, and could my be, it, it could be simply acknowledge him, you know, right? Right. Well, but they could be coming, you know, if you come and show a sign of worship and right, yeah, you yeah. participate then maybe you can gather other people to your cause by infiltrating from within. Well, I, I think, you know, Paul dealt with a, a, a girl with hat, which had a familiar spirit and was forecasting. I think the, the spirits know that they can hurt him by shouting at him and, and identifying him more than if they just keep quiet and he casts them out. I, there's a, always a possibility there that, that, that too much noise is not, is not a good thing. Uh, I think that's why Jesus stopped him. Uh, and, and especially the Pharisees later, you remember he'll, he'll, he will face the Pharisees and they will say, we think that Jesus casts out demons by Beelzebub, the king of the demons. So, and where that's, did they get that? Actually, I'm glad you raised that because that's exactly perhaps what Jesus was worried about. Yes. Because he wanted, how flat out, he wants to control his message. Uh, he wanted, he wanted to, to use a, the parlance of our times. He wanted to control the spin or he did not want others to spin this as exactly what you're saying or the, the, yes. uh, so that's, and that's what the demons may have been. Uh, that may have been the risk of, of what it was. And, and, and so, uh, he, Jesus wants the time. He wants, this is, you know, we, we, we got a feeling this is, these particular stories are happening in the, in the first few months of his, of Jesus's ministry. Uh, he, he wants the time. He wants the three years to uh, get people to understand exactly who the Messiah is. And even then there's a little trouble along the way to, to getting there. Uh, but we also see the other important side is that the demons obey him. He does. In fact, oh, yes. someone someone remarks in the synagogue right. that he has the uh, such authority that even the evil spirits obey him. 
Excellent. And with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. Podcast number 203. We will be right back. Hey, pastors Pastors and church church leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We're on that No Church Answers tour and we're talking about uh, about a day in the life of Jesus. And what we've been talking about, though, is how the demons recognize exactly the authority of uh, of Jesus uh, in the synagogue. And going to go ahead and uh, get Professor Koshu in on uh, on this discussion. So I'm kind of with Steve. This was all about controlling the message. And, and I think it wasn't like controlling in, in a bad, I'm trying to control it, but he very much wanted, this is early in the ministry, he just, the, the only thing we knew he did up before this is he went to the wedding at Cana and created basically about <laughs> 500 gallons of wine. Everybody, n- nobody really realizes how much he made when they make about it. You know, he, he, he didn't do anything small, son of God, you know, right. but he, he does that. And that's really all we know other than John's proclamation. And then he shows up and he gets asked to teach and he teaches. So the teachers of the law, so no one that taught in these synagogues, especially up in Capernaum, this is up on the Sea of Galilee, nowhere near Jerusalem. These weren't your Pharisees and Sadducees. These were guys who were rabbis or teachers, who it, it was the second string, I guess would be the best way to put it. And they would- I, I like to think there. it was congregationalist. <laughs> well, it was, yeah, it, and, and it was a lot of that too, but but it would also, if it was somebody who had studied up, it would be somebody who wasn't quite at the Pharisees level. Yeah. But so, but they would be there and they would talk about, they would talk about the Torah, Okay. That was all they really studied was the Torah. They might speak from the prophets, but it was really about the Torah. And they wouldn't speak really, they wouldn't talk, they wouldn't open the scripture and say scripture. They would read the scripture and then say, well, Rabbi Gamal says blah, 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 blah about this passage. And then, of course, you know, Caiaphas thought, though, that it was blah, 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 this. And then we looked at what Rabbi Joseph said, and he said this. And obviously, when Jesus got up and talked, he talked about it differently. He talked about it and made that word of God have a connection to the people. Because notice their reaction. This is somebody talking with authority. And I think that's something that, obviously, Son of God, he's going to speak with authority. But we need to look at that and not get caught up in, what it all feels and what it all looks like, but look at what the word of God really says. 
and how that word of God expresses the beauty of it to where we can see it and we're not trying to just make it be something different along the way. Well, I think the big difference though, imagine yourself buying a home from a salesman, okay? Buy that same home from the person who built the home. You'll get a totally different idea about the quality of the home, why it was built that way, as dealing with the builder, as opposed with building based on what the salesman says. And you you have the intricate knowledge in and out that should tell you the authenticity of the person bringing that message. And I think they recognize that, whoa, this Jesus, this is different than the rest of the prophets that are going around the area. He, he speaks differently. People respond differently. This is something different. And, and I think the people, the people see it. They see it in the message. He wanted to preach and share the message. And I think more importantly, he needed to have the time with the disciples to get them not only on board, but quote unquote, up to speed on what the real mission was. The real mission was not him being here forever. The real mission occurred that final week of his life. And he had to get them up to speed on that mission. And he needed time to do it, but he had to show them things at the same time. And I think if he'd gotten exposed earlier, for lack of a better term, because it when you look at Jesus's ministry, there's the Galilee years, the popular years, which is kind of where he's touring, he sends the disciples out. Then he has a year of opposition where he is totally being confronted almost always by the Pharisees to the point that when he makes the comment, let's go to Jerusalem, one of the disciples, and I want to say it's Peter, but I don't think it was, it was one of the others, said, let's go and die with him. Because they literally thought, oh, we're going to go here and we're all going to be killed. So he really kind of ramps up and builds up to that. And I think getting to that was part of the point of this with him was Uh, like we talked about. Sometimes it's all about the timing. Right. Well, I kind of like, like the management of his time. Um, You look at it. He took time uh, for personal ministry. Uh, That's going to, uh, going to see the needs of the mother-in-law. Um, and then also he had his public ministry, um, being with, uh, in the synagogue, uh, with the demon, uh, expelling the demon. And then he had time to recharge himself. So to me, that really, uh, gives a nice picture of how we should manage our life. It's, it's kind of like the, the stone hitting the water, uh, the inner ring being recharging yourself. Uh, then the one more ring outside of that being the personal ministry. And then the outer ring 
of people uh, being the very public uh, ministry and work um, that Jesus had. And, and I think to a certain extent, that's, that's pretty solid. Well, it's, it's interesting you should mention that because, because I brought some things here. Oh, awesome. Uh, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, the I've, I've used this quote before. This is from David Handley, Presbyterian minister. I think he's back in Chicago at Fourth Presbyterian Church right now. He's He was in Evanston when I was attending church there. I think he spent a little time in Kilgore, Texas. But he would say when it came to managing your your activities in life he would say too many people and even too many christians worship their work work at their play play and play, play at their worship, at worship. We, and we've heard that before yes. that is and, the that's one of the greatest things and so so here are some here are some scenarios for discussion we've done another another little scenario game here uh torn from today's concerns what what men are facing and and how and it's all about balancing that time as you said bill uh between your work between your family between your friends between your church work between your worship and your church work your service and keeping that in balance so so here's here's some fruit thoughts for discussion here's our first here's our first thought and and i'm gonna throw out there steve community involvement as well yes community involvement okay which I'm, just, just and and, we, yeah. and and uh so here we are and here's something that i think a lot of men are facing right now now you have a job your job uh and you enjoy it you're very good at it it's not a it's not a a chore it's a it's a good job but it does require you to be in regular contact with clients and operations worldwide big company you work at for you the day often begins with a 7 a.m call with team members in europe often it ends as late as 9 or 10 p.m with a call to asia or australia now, during the pandemic, you've been able to give eight to 10 hours a day to your job, perform all your tasks superbly, but you've been also been able to take time out during the day to read the Bible, to help your kids with their homework, and you even sometimes can have regular meals with them. Well, now the pandemic is ending and your boss says he wants you in the office from nine to five, plus, you know, there's an hour commute each way for you in traffic and you're going to be expected to maintain your early morning and late night conference calls with international contacts. What do you do? Ask for a pay raise. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, I tell you, that was not Christian, Mike, <laughs> you, you know, like I'll, I'll tell you what, that is probably one of the most real scenarios I've seen because, because not only is it, is it what you just described, Steve, but it's also guys who I, I'll be honest with you. When the pandemic first started, I was easily working 12 hour days because I just ate my commute time into my work time. And then I pulled it back and now I'm, I'm kind of in that boat where now I'm having to start dry. I've been going to the office a little bit, but all you other stupid people are going back to the office now. So now there's traffic. <laughs> right. Well, for, for Steve uh, thing, I, I'm I, all of a sudden, I thought of a country song of take this job. And <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, you like, basically you like your where job. I'm at. You like your yeah. job. 
I oh think yeah, well, I, but um, I think know, it's have a realistic things, discussion. Well, Actually, yes, but when when things do change, you know, um, it, it is tough. You know, Steve, you you brought up a, a very uh, realistic scenario, but you know, on the flip side, it, it's when things really change. Um, you know, for like my job, um, I, I was constantly holding events and in front of people and anywhere from two to 50 people that I'd be in front of talking to. And that's pretty much been on hiatus for, you know, 15 months since last March. Um, you know, and it's truly affected the way my work and the enjoyment that I get. So your scenario with the guy, uh, you know, that has been able to have that little extra time and still get his work done and give time to his family you know, it, it, it would be a massive change to go back the other way. You know, for me, I haven't gone back to what I really want, which is back to our, our old norm. But uh, it's, a, it's an extremely intriguing scenario. And I'm sure there's plenty of people out there struggling with that very thing right now. Because I've got plenty of friends going back to work for the first time or more regimental than they have in a year plus. I think the, it boils down to the individual and how much uh, time do you want to spend on the wheel? Uh, sometimes when, uh, when we're working, uh, we feel like we're the hamster in the wheel, uh, <clears throat> running like crazy, just never getting ahead. Uh, that boils down to the individual and what they expect from the job what what they're get, if they're if they're just getting a, a paycheck, I, I suspect they'll uh, that kind of schedule will burn them out uh, and they'll do something else. Uh, if they get more of that, more than that, if it's uh, if if it's fulfilling for them uh, more than a paycheck, uh, then they may then they may continue on. But you know, I, I think that's the thing about men. <clears throat> we need to look at our time and evaluate it, um, you know, and, and the, all this extra time that I'm putting in, am I spending it for money? Uh, am I wasting it because I'm not with my family or what? Uh, and, and I think everybody, uh, especially men, uh, they, they have to make those kind of evaluations and, and be real about it. Yeah. Finally, the same thing. I, I agree, agree with you, Bill. The, the, my, my first question or my first point that I would make would be, how long is this going to continue? You want me to continue working all these hours? Is this indefinite? Is it going to be for another week, another month? Um, and, and go from there and, and then state to them, absolutely, look, I have to have Sundays off or at least Sunday morning with my family. I have to have it. There is no question about certain things. Bill, you put your foot down one time and you told us about that. There are certain things, principles we have to stick with. And if, if he will not negotiate, then then I guess you do have to tell him to. to I, I think you're right on that. I think it. it yeah. I, I, what but I what there was, I guess I think what the big thing is, is that I mean, I, and you're not necessarily working Sundays, but a lot of men have discovered a lot of employees have discovered they're just as productive, if not more productive at home. Right. And uh, and getting out of that commute. And so one 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 constructive way is to talk to my peers who are in the same boat as I am and saying, you know, is this policy going to work? Should we give a little pushback? 
Should it not just be me giving problems with him? Or can he, can my boss go to his boss and saying, uh, four of my AVPs don't want to go back to the way it was before the pandemic. They want, sure, they want to sure. work something out. And I oh, think, and, and you may end up having to go into the office two, three days a week. But I, I think, well, I've been reading that this is going to be a major change in a lot of workplaces. Okay. You've been planning a weekend camping trip with your family. And up to this point, everyone's been busy, like most families are. But finally, you've settled on a weekend where everyone's schedule works and allows for a getaway. And here it is, Saturday morning, and you've just finished packing up the car. Uh, you're getting in. The pastor calls and asks if you could manage the kitchen for that afternoon, seniors game day, because the church member who was supposed to do it fell ill. This is the third time this month he's called with a last-minute request. You responded to the other two. You're my go-to guy. We've got 40 seniors coming, and you're the one person I have who can manage the kitchen on short notice. The church needs you. Jesus needs you. That's he right. Says. God needs you. <laughs> you stand, I hope you stand we there with your phone or, in your hand. I, I was going to say. You stand there with your phone in your hand, and your wife and kids are piling into the car. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. not. That, that's that's what I hate. All the garden is around the corner. corner. Yep. I, this I is have, my sa my Sabbath. I'm taking it today instead of tomorrow. Yeah, and I <laughs> I I have had long term plans with my family, and those are going to take precedence. I, you know, yeah, we kind of joked. I've, I've recently bought a camper, and part of it is is I'm trying to make sure I arrange my teaching schedule with my youth guys that I teach with. To where I'm covered when we're planning on being out camping because part of owning a camper is if you're going to own a camper and pay money for a camper and use pay money it. to store a camper, yes, Bill, <laughs> use it. <laughs> right. Well, that that falls, you know, this scenario, Steve, uh, falls under the heading of add by saying no. <laughs> and you and you're adding to your life. Um, just because things in life take scheduling and certainly something like that is important as family and the fact that you scheduled it, uh, that to me puts it in a different category. Now, if you were just, uh, running out and getting a burger with the family, <laughs> that's a totally different deal. Um, right. but, uh, but you know, the thing about it is, uh, with commitments and family, uh, that, that kind of thing needs to be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I got one more tough one. This is kind of, I, I've run into, this is a little different, but I've run into scenarios at, at church that, that go a little bit along these lines. And, and so it's more serious. Okay. You and your, one of your best friends from your disciple group and his son, they meet for coffee. They want your advice. The son is a truly gifted baseball player on his high school team. But the COVID pandemic wiped out the 2020 season and substantially shortened this 2021 season. So this coming summer, he has been offered a position on a team in a fairly high-level exclusive traveling league. His games will be scouted by college recruiters, 
and he's been told that he may be good enough to be offered an athletic scholarship to some big SEC or Pac-10 schools. But if he elects to play in this traveling league, in addition to taking up all his Sundays this summer, he will not be able to go on a youth mission trip that he has said for the past year he has, quote, felt called to do. Your friend wants his son to take the traveling league because he could not afford a major, major school without a scholarship. The boy wants to please his dad, of course, but you can tell he's ambivalent and wants the mission experience. What is your advice? Well, uh, my, atten- my, my impression is I would literally pull the kid aside and talk to him and seriously find out because so total 100% disclosure, my oldest son made a decision very similar to this. I didn't mean to, I did not know that. So yeah, no. Um, so he had, so he, he finished Boy Scouts with a, I think I told you this part, Steve, not quite the same, but it is very similar. He finished Boy Scouts with a life rank. He missed Eagle because the last summer before he graduated high school, my wife's law firm had sponsored him for a legal education thing that fall in Washington, D.C. for a week and then gave him an internship for the summer. And he literally, you know, he came to me and talked to me and I said, well, you know, Eagle's cool and it is big and it is important and everything, but I do not think it would be fair to you or to the law firm for you to miss the first two weeks of of your employment of a short term, especially if it's, if it is one of those deals where this is what you're going to do with your career. And it is what he has done with his career and very well with his career in in law and real estate. But, you know, you have to kind of make a decision on where it lies and in this case, I would really pull the kid aside and talk to him because, okay, do you, because I know a little bit about the high level of athletics too, piece because of my younger son's involvement with everything. And if you're really that good that you're getting looked at by a scholarship, I get you want to do the mission trip, but do you really want to do it? Or do you really, what do you, what is your long-term goal with your life? I mean, this is one that there's not a right answer here. It's a, it is really a, what is your long-term goal situation? I would have to agree with that. Uh, And kind of like a professor, my son had the opportunity uh, to do, go on a traveling team uh, in baseball, Uh, but he didn't do it. He didn't want to be away from uh, his friends and uh, his other career development and, and his, uh, um, his interest in baseball, uh, I don't want to say as, as a player just kind of came to an end. And I, I think that's the, that's the beauty about, uh, growing up. You have the opportunity, uh, to take these different forks in the road. And just like professor said, none of them are wrong, but what fork you take is going to define your life. And, that's the beauty of it. So make those decisions and go forth and enjoy life. I don't think there's a wrong answer there. Yeah, I, I agree. The um, 
when you come to a time, I said many times I was going to do something. And when I came to the time for that decision to be made, things had changed. I can tell you, I, I was at University of Houston in broadcast news. And the director came in when I was there, I was 20 years old. And he said to us, he said, everybody leave. He says this, he says, at this time, U of H will not fund our communication department to do the proper broad, get the proper broadcast equipment. And I was shocked because I loved U of H. The campus was beautiful. People were great. And of course, Robert knows that. Robert loves U of H. But um, anyway, so I, I went to University of Texas just based on that one, Even one statement. So sometimes, sometimes when you get to the time to make the decision, things may change you. The next year, it may have been perfect. I may have been fine there. But at that moment, he said, leave. He said, I'm not getting the funny and I need to teach you. Uh, go to either North Texas or UT. So yes, the decisions do change. Uh, and it, this is kind of off the cuff, but I, I can I can tell you one thing when the Lord will show us sometimes that things change. I can remember making fun of somebody who ran a stop sign in front of me in a car, right? And, and this sounds silly, but I made fun of it and said, look, that idiot just ran the stop sign. And then I ran the next one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, nice. I mean, God will God will get you on we'll some of the statements you. you say, and He will make you. He will show you things that you did not know at the time you were trying to make the decision. He will show you different conditions. Anyway, uh, Bill, Robert, whatever. Kyle, have any thoughts? <laughs> any final thoughts? I, I well, I was going to say this that 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 I, I I could synthesize everything you said. All you all you guys say. Um, but I'd probably, as I said, take the, take the young man aside and say, uh, make it your choice. Um, yeah. Scholarship is still conditional. You may play all summer and miss church and not get a scholarship. You go on this mission. That's a sure thing. You will, you will, it will enrich you. And if you, if you're looking for a way to serve the Lord, this may be an opportunity to do that, that will may not be able to, may not be able to do again for a while, uh, perhaps until you retire. Uh, so make the most of it, but do it because it's you that that wants to do it. The, the Lord work as as you said, as you said, uh, Mike. The Lord works in in strange ways. If 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 there's a scholarship for him, if there's a place in college for him, it will happen. It will occur one way or another. Okay, it may not be. Yeah. It may not be LSU. May not be USC. But it will be somewhere where he is able to uh, to reach the potential he wants. So, so uh, without getting corny, I'd say, yeah, do it to make the decision for your path. And and you know, at home it's hard, but don't necessarily do it because it's your dad you want to do it or you want to save your dad money. Uh, do it. Be do it. Choose something you feel you won't regret. Uh, where, where you won't regret making, you know, not not doing the other the, the the alternative. Yeah, it might not be an SEC school. It might end up at Central Michigan. <laughs> hey, <laughs> fine, a fine institution <laughs> there. So, <laughs> right. And with that, we're getting down to the end of podcast number two hundred three. Going to go around the room and just get a quick takeaway from the panel and uh, start with the outdoor man, Mr. Kyle Trahan. You know, I think at the end of it, um, you know, for, for the end of Jesus's day, 
as we've said through this whole thing, that had to have been one long day. But I know when I get into mission mode, when we've gone to Mexico and Bastrop after those uh, horrific fires and, you know, other things, the, the church barbecue even. I was going to say the barbecue. It's, Good example. It, you know, it, it's for me, it's all in. You know, uh, when I get there, they're like, oh, it's dinner time. And it's like, okay, well, call me when everybody's gotten through the line and I don't have to stand there and wait. Because I'll stay out here and I'll work an extra 5, 10, 15 minutes and let everybody get their food. And I know part of that is the fellowship and all of that. But I get into that groove and I'm ready to, you know, get that first objective so we can get the next one. So we can get the next one of that mission. And that's just the way that, you know, my mind goes, you know, um, but also, I think at this moment, you know, part of it is, is stopping and slowing down. Jesus went and found a place to pray, you know, and it's taking in the things of that day and acknowledging what has happened and take the time to uh, explore them in your own mind and figure out what's next for the day. Excellent. Uh, quick takeaway from you, Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill, I think the same thing uh, Kyle's talking about. Um, there will be days in our lives when they are just jam-packed together like Jesus was at, at Davis Ministry and casting out the demons and then uh, healing the people, the just never-ending group of people that came to the door where he was staying at, at Simon Peter's and Andrew's house. Um, you will be exhausted. Um, however, there are going to be other times when you are asked to, to work excruciating hours, uh, as Steve gave us an example, um, and, and you may have to say no. And, and you do that by considering your family, whether or not it's going to hurt them, whether or not it's going to hurt your children, and uh, in fact, whether or not it will hurt you physically, too. So, yes, the Lord wants you to be healthy. The Lord wants you to to. Uh, to do things that are right and to help his in his church, but don't don't do so in a way that will hurt you physically or hurt your family. Um, once in a while may be okay, but yes, use moderation. Uh, ask yourself and ask the Lord for guidance if you get in a situation where Steve gave the example of having to work many every every day of the week in twelve hour days. You may have to to remove yourself from that job or look for another one, Bill. Excellent. Uh, quick takeaway from you, Professor. I think there's three things we get from the day in life. Number one, always make the time for God. We saw it on the back end of this, but it was the last thing that was mentioned. But I think it's the first thing Jesus did every day. We have numerous examples of it. Number two, handle your vocation like you should. And if the need arises, put in the extra time to get it done right. That's where we saw the flexibility part. But also take time for those closest to you. And I think we saw that in the middle of it. And I think that's really the lesson is we kind of got modeled what a day should look like. Make time for God and yourself. Make time for your vocation and make time for those closest to you. Excellent. Uh, Steve Titch, final uh, takeaway from you. Uh, I always see something this day of the podcast that that falls into what we're talking about. And this is a quote from Annie Dillard, phenomenal writer, 
uh, she wrote in The Writing Life, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. I think that's worth meditating on as we run around and we try uh, to, to balance things. But it's important, and it's important to, to understand boundaries are different from the responsibilities the Lord calls us to. We certainly are brothers keepers, but we're not our brothers keepers 24 seven. Uh, we're in, uh, and we shouldn't think that way. That's not what the Bible says, uh, as we see in this example. Excellent. On behalf of uh, producer Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, Kyle Trahan, my name is Bill Cox. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is podcast number 203. Make sure that you check out our new YouTube channel. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Pray.com. And if you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com and post it there. And if you're still in that quarantine and are unable to attend church, check out the Sugarland Baptist streaming service. Uh, it's at sugarlandbaptist.org. Starts Sundays at 945. And when the quarantine is over and it's almost over for us, and I'm sure it is for you, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and find a small group ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class that you can join for discussions like this and find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.